Yo. <laughs> we got another special one. Dude. Yeah, it's a, it's a, you're, by the time you're listening to this, it's a Friday. So already Fridays, I mean, there's not really a better day of the week except Saturday, but we don't put up stuff on Saturday. <laughs> so I'm here with uh, Joseph, who I got to talk to. Well, Joseph was, uh, we'll talk to as well for Canon episodes because Garrison have some releases on Rev. And then um, we talked to him about Judas, the Judas knife last mm-hmm. year with our good buddy, Drew. And the, the into another and bold. Yeah. The, and then now I have my old buddy, Jeff Dean here, who actually Jeff was the first person I interviewed for my other podcast, something to do. He was, he That's was the true. Guy. So uh, I, I, was, I was the test subject. Yes. Hmm. So I've known Jeff a long time. So we're here to talk about, uh, the, the the band her head's on fire mm-hmm. um you're hearing this now we'll have a link in the episode where you can pre-order from iodine records a label that was kind of flourished in the early 2000s and they're back now and they're putting out a lot of cool stuff i saw they did something with uh they're doing something with jonah from far yeah one line drawing and just all kinds of stuff so i had the pleasure of actually getting to hear this record um and I want. I figured. Let's talk about it. Sp- spread the word so people can hear some good tunes. So first off, Jeff. Yeah. Because I know I literally met you because of Dag Nasty. Is this name? Oh. Is this name band name an overt reference to Dag Nasty? One hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> good catch. Yeah, I was like, I can't say the name without hearing our dear friend Peter. Uh, you know, well, that's funny that you, that's funny you bring it up. My other band, Airstream Future, shows with Field Day, and I've known, I mean, you know, I mean, I've known Peter for years, you know, through the DAG board and everything like that. And when I was watching, when we, I was watching him play at those shows, I just, you know, when he yelled that lyric, it's like it just jumped out at me. I was like, you know, that would be a good band name for this project, and. I ran it by Joseph and he was fucking into it. So it checked my boxes. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I, you know what? I'm always a sucker for, and it's because of Jane's addiction, um, like female qualities within band names. Like not so much Alice in Chains, but like I remember Jane's addiction and being a kid and just hearing that name. And I was like, that's so cool. You know, and I just like, there's, there's something specific about that that I always really enjoyed. And so her head's on fire. I was like that. And it's an action. You know what I mean? Like I like a, a name that's an action. I, people don't like the name so much, but I always love Smashing Pumpkins. I think that's a great band name. I think it's yeah. a great band name. Too. I do too. And like I can't imagine them having any other any other yeah. name. You know, <laughs> real, real funny story about that. Um, Pete, who played in the Bomb with me, he's from the same neighborhood as Billy Corgan. So like him and, and his best friend Tony, they know those guys. And <laughs> Pete told Billy like. When he came up with the name, he's like, Smashing Pumpkins, that name sucks. No one's ever going to like a band with that name. <laughs> he said that. This is the first time, the first second I heard it, I was like, I want that record. And I heard it yeah. basically, everybody said, oh, it's a new band that kind of sounds like Jane's Addiction because they had big guitars. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I can definitely see that. And I know that I I would think Corgan would uh, would totally cop to that too, being influenced by, I think, like, mm-hmm. in fact, if I recall, 
By the I mean, way, was, I'm listening to Where It Went podcast, where we exclusively talk about Jane's addiction. Um, if I recall, I mean, I their did, first show was with Jane's addiction. I do know for a fact from people that I know around here that My Bloody Valentine was the big influence on those guys. Because when when uh, Smashing Pumpkins started, they were way more like, I, I guess, jammy, for lack of better words. And they ended up playing a show with, with My Bloody Valentine. And then their whole sound like changed and morphed into what we all know, or at least what we love on those first two records anyways. Yes. I mean... I mean, and it, Alan Mulder mixed those records. There's no coincidence in that, you know? No, they definitely admitted it. They did. They totally jammed out. They were more like a little bit more hippy-dippy, which I loved. You know what I mean? But then I can see them after hearing, you know, My Bloody Valentine wanting that wall of sound. And the thing about the that Siamese Dream record is it's um, the bass is so loud. Everybody thinks of it as a guitar rock record, which it is. Oh, the but the bass is so huge and fuzzy and like, like, is that the best, is that the best recorded guitar tone? Cause it's definitely up there. I, I think I, it's a little, it's a little washy for me for what see, I, I love like. that it guitar works, tone Worked for their band, you know? Yeah. It's funny. The, <laughs> the last thing I'll talk about this, cause I want to talk about, <laughs> we should probably get off smashing pumpkins. But when you, when you were saying about the bass on those, on those records, like how heavy it is. When I was in high school, my friend Ryan had this like CRX that had like a fucking booming system in it. And we used to drive around and listen to Crush and turn the bass up and it would like hit because the bass was so heavy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, nerd shit. Um, well, it, you know, I think this to me is on topic talking about Smashing Pumpkins because I'm looking at your press release for the band mm-hmm. and there's a lot of references to my favorite era of stuff pretty much was the nineties. You know, I think I've made that pretty, uh, pretty evident, uh, you know, <laughs> my tastes and whatnot. And anyone follows your podcast, your uh, Instagram for sure. Right. They're just going to know, but I mean, uh, the press kit mentions, damn, I am super chunk dinosaur, junior far side Sensefield, Elvis Costello, which is obviously not, you know, transcends nineties, but, um, when I listen to the record, and I, I, I'm going to blame this, and I say blame lightly because obviously it's a huge selling point for me, but I'm going to blame Jeff, but mm-hmm. I hear sugar. I was like, this sounds yeah. like it reminds me a lot of, you know, that, that era of Bob Mould songwriting, just really concise, crunchy, um, power poppy well, type stuff with a I mean, you, gritty you, edge. You, you and I know each other well enough to know that that Bob's a huge influence of mine, you know, it's like, and so, I mean, I kind of feel like you can hear like those kind of sounds across all the bands that I've been in. You know what I mean? It's true. <laughs> I mean, it's like, <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah, that yeah. checks out. Well, I mean, it's, no, it's no, no, it's interesting. Like, I, I think that, I think that, you know, I mean, just to go to, to the genesis of our band, you know, actually, like I, I was touring in I Hate Her Freedom with Jeff's old band, All Eyes West, and we were playing shows together. And we obviously hit it off. Um, actually, I think we first played with Noise by Numbers. That was the first time. But um, we'd been playing a bunch of shows together and we'd always kept in touch. And we always loved each other's music. And then he started sending me demos of different things because he, he's just he's a nonstop prolific writer. Like, he, Jeff, you write very differently than me. I write when I need an album you're constantly writing 
um, which is why you have 17 bands. Um, and he would send me songs. He'd be like, oh, you know, can you help me with a melody idea here? And I was going through it and going through it. And then after like two or three, I'm like, Jeff, why don't we just do a band, you know, and we can figure it out. And he's like, all right, cool. Well, that's and, what I was going to say. I mean, you guys don't live. So you don't live in the same area. <laughs> no, I, no, Rodrigo and I live in Chicago and, and Joseph and Jeff live in Brooklyn, you know? So it's like, I don't know. For me, when when Joseph approached me with this, I was fucked. I was very, very flattered. I mean, I, I mean, he, Joseph's one of my favorite singers. That's fucking, that's true. So when he asked me if I wanted to do a band with him, I jumped at that, at the opportunity, and I've really felt flattered by that he would even ask me or trust me with that. So. I love stuff like that. And and it's funny because Joe to put Joseph on the spot. That was um that was like the same thing Drew said when we talked about the Judas knife. So you had two people <laughs> who were like basically like saying, like, I love Joseph's songs. When he asked if I wanted to do something, it was a no-brainer, you know, because that's cool. like that's nice. that's, that's cool, man. So with with this band, you just do vocals, right? Am I am yeah, I correct in that? It's, you know, we talked a little bit about this last time. Like, I think my theater background um, really makes it fun for me to collaborate with people in different ways and be super cool playing different roles. Like, you know, if you're a director, I'm like, and I'm the actor, you tell me what to do, man. Like, I'll give you ideas, but like, I'm going to work with you. I want your vision to come out. And then sometimes if you're the director, you're like, God damn it, this is how it's going to be. And if you're the lighting guy, you're like, well, I'm just trying to make this, make their thing kind of look cool. And so I had done all these bands. And so like, when I think of something like Judas Knife, like I think of those as my and Drew's songs. Like when I think of Her Head's on Fire, I think of it as Jeff's songs I play on almost. Okay. In a way, like, because, because he it's such a cool and different style of writing between the two bands where I don't play guitar in her heads on fire. I don't come up with the riffs. Jeff just sends me songs pretty much done. Um, as far as the structures and the arrangements, we'll, we'll go back and forth like, Oh, maybe that part should go twice a little bit, but like 5%. And he's just like put vocals on them. Jeff, are you so constantly like writing? Done. Are you constantly writing music? I mean, I've known yeah. you for over a decade and you've had so many bands that put out like, I mean, I, I'm not even going to list, you know, we mentioned all eyes West. You mentioned the bomb. I think maybe noise by numbers was mentioned. Yeah. Um, Airstream futures. There's just so many, like, are you just, you play guitar every single day, I'm assuming of your life. I try to write every single day. Like I feel like you need to like keep those ideas and like stuff going, you know I mean? I write shit and throw it away all the time that I don't, you know, but I just like, you got to exercise that, you know, or else like, I feel like it dries up, you know? And so, yeah, I'm constantly writing. I mean, I already have the, the, the next her head is on fire records already written. This yep. one's not even out, you know, like you just keep moving forward with it, you know? So when you write a song, do you go like, all right, this one's going to be, this one's definitely a her heads on fire song. I'm going to use this one for airstream. Uh, no, know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't think of it like that. Like, is it like a niche? You know what I mean? It's just like when something comes out, like it'll present itself in what it should be. You know what I mean? 
I mean, obviously, like something like Dead Ending, that's like a hardcore band, like kind of is like unique in like the way that I approach stuff. But like with with these things, it's just like I get in a mindset with it, and like if the fucking floodgate opens, then like the ideas just start coming, and I just try to capitalize on them while it's happening, you know. But yeah. do you sit down and, and say? Like I'm gonna write some of her heads on fire songs today, or do you just start playing and and be like, wow, this is so airstream futures. I gotta keep going down this road. Like you know, that, yeah, that's more my question. Is yeah. like, I mean, like, I just kind of pick up the guitar and play, and whatever comes out is what starts happening. And then like it just like will usually make sense. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know. I I, I mean, like something will strike me, and I'm like, dude this has got Joseph's name all over it. You know what I mean? And so then it's like, and then I just kind of keep on that mindset, you know? Cool. That makes sense. So I want to talk a bit about that, the record. Um, we already said it's going to be on iodine. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pre-order is today on Friday, probably like an hour ago. Yes. Uh, pre-orders <laughs> went up this, this morning. Uh, the record is set for uh, late spring. Mm-hmm. you and i all know we've all had records come out that's you know obviously the ideal plants are backed up yada 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 but at some point while the weather's still nice you're gonna have this record and you're gonna be able to crank it with your windows down you know driving yeah, this around is gonna come out i think july realistically okay. it'll be in people's hands like that if they've mail ordered it probably by the first um week of Ju- july or the last week of june but i think the, the, they wanted a street date for whatever reason so it won't actually be out you know, the in stores until July 29th. Okay. But it'll, cool. it'll hit all those marks. Yeah. So, um, the album's called, uh, college rock and clove cigarettes, which is a, a weird title, just like the band name's weird. Right. So what's, yeah. what's the significance of that title? And I feel like that's a Joseph title. I'm not, I don't know Joseph that well, but I know well Joseph done, enough Greg. to say that, <laughs> that joseph came up with that title for sure i fought for that title no i'm um i, I fought college, for that title <laughs> yeah college rocking and you did again secondly um college rocking club cigarettes is something i came up with because um back to the, the genre of music that we're talking about earlier um i'm a child of of the late 80s and the early 90s as far as the music that was um that i was listening to in sort of junior high and high school and the stuff that really shaped my perspective of music um uh, and I just remember like, you know, hanging out in coffee shops or yep. illegal <laughs> warehouses and like, and all the, like, you know, before it was called alternative, when it was called postmodern music and everything was to the dial, you know, and, and, and everything on the radio was, was ABBA or not ABBA, but Ace of Bass and which is the same band. Um, and, whoa. Uh, Whoa! <laughs> Sorry, we'll talk later. And and um and hair that. metal, which I never cared for, but you know, like Def Leppard and you know Bon Jovi, so that everything else I heard was surrounded by you know everyone's dressed in black, you know, and it's like it was called college rock, you know, and and clove cigarettes were those things that you could smoke before you could smoke real cigarettes, and and they made your lips taste like sugar, and that was pretty cool if you wanted to make out later on. And that's very, very, yeah, definitely very nineties thinking about being in a indoors where you were able to smoke. Well, um, I just love the, 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 that album title really brings a specific time and place and image to my mind that makes me smile. Hmm. So 
I was all for it. <laughs> it's like, funny. Yep. It's funny too. Like what, like, a, you know, how even just a couple of years, like you mentioned some of those bands for people that are a few years older than myself who like came up and that stuff was huge. And then the, this, the, the college rock was like the underground thing. And it was like the secret club you got to tap into. Right. Yeah. But then for someone like me, like Def Leppard hysteria, I mean, I was a little too young to, re- to remember that, to remember, you know, hysteria or, you know, a lot of the stuff that they claim that, you know, the, your Jane's addictions, I mean, yeah, they say Nirvana, but I think even before that, bands like Jane's Addiction and Faith No More. Um, I mean, it was, all dinos- it, it was all Dinosaur Jr. for me. I mean, Dinosaur Jr. is like literally the band that got me into punk rock, which kind of sounds crazy, but it's the band that really fucking opened up everything for me where I was like, oh, okay, this is, there's something, you know, there's something rad happening here. And then, you know, what labels, what record labels, this SST? Oh, yeah, it's Black Flag labeled. Okay, well, what are the other bands on here? You know, oh, Husker Du. You know, and then it just kind of fucking fire hose. And then it all just kind of morphed into. Right. But you guys, you know, what I mean, I'm saying <laughs> is you guys had to dig, like, you guys had to dig. I guess what I was trying to get as you had to dig a little more. I felt like I got lucky enough to be of an age where the door was sort of open. Like Dinosaur Jr. videos were on MTV, like regular I MTV. Like, yeah. I love that I had to dig though, man, because then it just meant more to me. You know, sure. I felt like I was, I was like, dude, I'm part of this fucking thing. This is rad. I guess I'm just, I'm going off on a tangent basically and saying like, as listening to it retroactively, I can be like, oh man, Hysteria has some bangers. But I can imagine being a teenager and being like, what the fuck is this? Like this is so overproduced, lame. Yeah. lame mullet rock. Yeah. When I can listen to Dinosaur Jr. or it's what the jocks listen whatever. to. Everything's kind right. Of, yeah. Yeah. The kids that would like you know shove you against the locker and call you uh, an art fag. You know what I mean? Like that. Yeah. Th- those guys listen to Def Leppard, so I didn't want to listen to Def Leppard. Right. You know what I mean? And like I'm, I've since grown up, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> uh, Questlove talks about something like this which I always thought was a fascinating point where he talks about how in music scenes, when that big moment happens, like everyone thinks of that as like the beginning. Like a lot of people think of like Woodstock is like, that was the beginning of the hippie movement. It had arrived when in actuality it was the death knell. Like it was basically telling everybody it's over. This is it. And I feel that way about, he was talking about that with, um, with his scene and a Dave Chappelle um, block party that happened. That, that he thought it was like the pinnacle of what they were doing. And he looked around the room and realized, oh no, I'm not a tastemaker anymore. My scene's over. This is the end of it. And I feel that, you know, what you were just referencing about like underground music becoming sort of mainstream music, to me, Nirvana was the death knell of alternative rock. I still love it. And then like what, what happened afterwards, obviously like all the 90s Beastie Boys work, Soundgarden, there's so many wonderful things that came out, but the stuff in the eighties and the alternative club that you were talking about, like we're in. Yeah, the- that was we're relating that ended when Nirvana got big. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and it was over. I, and I, I say that and they're my favorite band. You know, they're my favorite band. And I'd say like, it's like all jocks like Nirvana now. Great. Yeah. Like, like the, the secret's <laughs> out. The secret was out. Yeah. If it's, if it's, if a 10 year old kid is buying it, the secret's out. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, like without any older siblings or anything, like if, well, if I mean, so for that 10 year old kid to buy that record though, you know, yeah, that's, I, I, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't be, if I didn't buy that record, I wouldn't be, you know, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't probably have been doing this. Who knows? But um, I just, yeah, I thought the title of the album definitely kind of invoked that. Um, I hope so. That's great. You, I mean, that's awesome. Jeff, you, did you guys, did you record this yourself? Um, at your, cause I know you have a studio, right? Yeah. Echo mill. And so we tracked all the, we tracked the bass and drums. It's it was kind of like a mishmash a little bit. So we, I, I tracked the bass and drums at echo mill. And then I actually went up to, to Michigan to track the guitars with my friend, Mark Hudson, just cause I didn't want to have to engineer that part too. I wanted to be able to just focus on playing. And then I flew out to New York and we recorded at a place called the buddy project for Joseph's vocals. And then I brought it all back to Chicago and mixed it. Mm-hmm. Nice. So it's a really, I yeah. mean, you're, you're involved from the, the top down, basically, you know, writing the songs and mix, you know, that's pretty well, cool. I mean, it, wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be as like convoluted as that, but you know, we had to operate, you know, through the pandemic. So like, you know, we did what we needed to do to get it fucking done. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and, with that, you know, I mean, all, all those different places and the time frame and everything all adds to the sound of how that record turned out. So I wouldn't change any of it at all. Like, I'm, I'm pretty, pr- I'm really proud of this album. And you guys did the, um, you had a, a, did a split with Jay Robbins mm-hmm. as well yep. before this. Yep. Um, I mean, Jeff, I know you go way back with, with Jay, who I was stoked that we found a reason to talk to him for, for our podcast. Cause you know, he produced the Texas is the reason. Um, yeah. I just listened to that episode. So, yeah. So it's, it was cool. Like, cause I always like kind of getting an outside perspective of somebody who wasn't necessarily like somebody who, despite Jay being in the same age bracket as like, uh, you know, a lot of the people that played on those first 10 rev releases, Mm-hmm. He was in a whole other world, you know, and I just thought yeah. that was kind of cool to get uh, to get that outside perspective. Plus, I just I love his music and his production. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a wonderful human being, so he's, he's great. So that split probably came pretty naturally. You're just like, hey, do you want to do a split? Well, so we had we had two songs that we left off the album to do for splits, and we were just kind of spitballing, and I was like. You know, I was like, I was like, I'll, I'll hit Jay up. And then it was just like, kind of like the right timing. Cause he was like, well, you know, I actually have a song that I left off my album. And then it just, the way things happened, it just clicked right then. And then we figured everything out with new Granada for the, for the record release. And I don't know, it was just, fun. it was just rad. I really love our song for that. That's on that split. And I really love Jay's song. So I'm like, it was really awesome to watch that all materialize. So what do you have lined up? I know you, you guys played. When was your last show? It was fairly. We played with Piebald in at Pearl Street in Northampton. Okay, that's our last show. Yeah, back in December. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, I doesn't say. I knew it was within the because that was because the seven inch had just come out. The split seven inch with Jay came out in, in December or maybe the very very tail end in November. And then we you know we that was our like record release for it was to we played a local show in Brooklyn and then we went up and played with Piebald. Okay. Cool. 
So what's what's next as far as shows? Like when this record comes out, will there be obviously a record release show? Yeah, we're gonna be playing Vitus in July, but um, I'm gonna wait to release release those details once it's confirmed. Okay, cool. Um, and then we're just, you know we're gonna work on some we're gonna work work on some tour stuff and just yep. we'll definitely you know, be touring in the autumn and some in the um, summertime. And nice. then just you know working on more songs and just you know you know, chugging along with everything, mm-hmm. you know? So Joseph, for you right now, you got two, two irons in the fire. I see Judas knife actually just played Friday, right? Well, yeah. by the time you listen to this, it'll be a couple weeks later, but uh, you, you played the other day. Um, what's, what's, what do you have planned with Judas knife? Since I have you here, I have to ask. Won't be touring. It won't be no? touring. I mean, we'll be doing, We'll be doing local shows and we'll be doing um, the next thing we're doing is actually a, a film. Um, but as far as, I mean, if we get a really cool opportunity, but we're not, we're not looking for it because we all are the four people in that band are pretty busy. So um, yeah, we, we will do things as they come, but we're not going to be like, you won't, it's also the, the animal of that band. That band can't play a basement or a record store because the sound of it, it needs to be kind of a really nice sound system and something that we can, yeah, twiddle with whereas her head's on fire we could play a picnic you know it's just like yeah. one guitar bass drums vocals hit it and, it and it's punk music you know and so like i think that that's a lot of easier of an animal to take on the road so do you find it um it, is it weird for you just to just to sing without without playing it and it's super weird because i've never done it so and i've always wanted to so it's like um, <laughs> like that um you know the uh what was it old school is that it? no it's not old school it's yeah nights where he's like i don't know what to do with my hands <laughs> yeah i was gonna say it's gotta be it's gotta be awkward it, at it first takes a while, but then you get into it then you get yeah. into it you know i, I, I think it's a lot been, of rem videos yeah it's been super it's been super fun to watch and materialize because i mean i've always known joseph just as playing guitar and singing so to watch him kind of unhinged is really awesome and it's the energy is fucking great. And I feel like we're all like really like feeding off each other well on stage, you know? Yeah. It took a couple of shows to get there, but it's so much fun. It's just so much fun to be unencumbered uh, and just like dance and like just feel the music. It's such a, and, and to be able to, when you sing, you know, to just focus on the tones that are coming out of your, your lips and your vocal cords, you know, rather than like trying to do calculus in your head of like, you know, what part of my plan? Cause the Gareth stuff, it wasn't really simple, you know? Um, and I was just trying to make things work. Um, that was fun to do to challenge myself, but there's just more pure joy in, in performing like in her heads on fire, because it's just, I mean, it's one thing to focus on. I feel like you've been looking to get out of moving guitar amps anyways. <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah, no, I can, I can tell you from experience. It's kind of, it's kind of nice when your only equipment has to be, uh, some like hot tea and lemon and a, yeah. a microphone. Well, Jeff, and, Jeff and I are the exact same school of guitarists. We're like the, the older you get, the less, the better, you know, I don't want a pedal board. Like, I don't, nope. like, I don't want all these effects. Like do you think anybody can hear the difference if I press this or that. No. And like, you know, in the, in the studio, of course, but like in the live setting, it's very rare that, that all these boutique pedals make a difference to anyone's ear, unless you're a band like my bloody Valentine. Um, and so we're both like less is more. I think you have a volume pedal and a tuner and that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. You know? Plug in, turn, turn everything up. Less things to break, less chords to go through, less things to snap. Jeff James Econo for sure. 
He sure does. Yeah. I mean, I also, I also, I also feel that like, you're not going to, if you have a good amplifier, you're not going to get a better gain distortion tone than what's actually coming out of the amp. So like, why muck it up? You know? <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that like, that's like the Fugazi way, right? Like, didn't they, they not use any, uh, no, I don't think they used anything. Pedals. It was just like fingers, man. Yeah. It was just guitar plugged into the, to the amp. I mean, look, man, good, a a good guitar and a good amp. You're fucking set, you know, for sure. So, um, well, I asked, so Joseph and you don't have it. Now I know Garrison recently did some reissues via Mm -hmm. iodine, right? Yeah. Um, will there, will you guys play at all? Maybe if it if it if it it'll if it's fun and we can make it work, it'll happen. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it wouldn't be for a while. Okay, it wouldn't be for, it wouldn't be in in twenty twenty two for sure. Okay, and then Jeff, yeah, what, ba- what bands currently are you in that are active? As in, like somebody asked to play a show and you could conceivably uh, book a date and say, yeah, we'll be ready by this day. We know her head's on fire. That's one. Her head's on fire. <laughs> um, I, I'm doing a thing uh, where I'm playing guitar and singing called Heavy Seas. And, and Ronnie, who played in All Eyes West with me, and Katie, who plays in Airstreams with me, or the rhythm section. So, you know, on, you know, when I'm not focusing on her head's on fire stuff, that's what I'm mainly working on. Airstream Future still plays, and we do have a new album coming out, but like we're just laying low until whenever that seems to materialize. So, really and truly, like my focus right now is just is, is this, you know. Nice. And um, All Eyes West are done then. I wouldn't say we're done. I mean, we're. I mean, we just kind of just stopped playing. It was weird. I mean, the last show we played was with Local H on New Year's Eve of 2019 and then you know the pandemic hit and we just kind of stopped playing we've gotten together and practiced once or twice for fun but uh justin lives like about three hours south of chicago now and i don't know you know we're all still like super super close friends so i mean if something materialized or somebody wanted to do something we probably would but it's just kind of you know i don't know it's kind of we're just laying low, you know? <laughs> I think, I feel like that more bands should do that instead of making a big to do about breaking up and then, you know, well, I mean, the difference, well, I mean, the difference is, is that we're all like good friends. So it's like nothing happened. We just kind of like just took a break from things, you know? So it's right. like, there's no reason for it to be a to do, you know, if we want to play, we'll play, you know? For sure. For sure. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to. Oh, I wanted to ask about the layout. Another Rev alumni Jeff did the layout for the for the head, her heads on fire record. Uh, mm-hmm. Friend of the pod, great dude, uh, Jeff Caudle, game face. Um, I'm assuming that too, Joseph, is probably a pretty easy thing. Like, hey, Jeff, want to do the layout? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know everything. Everything with this band is is like that because that's sort of the nature of the beast. It was in the, in the casual way that Jeff and I got together to start playing. We were, he had come out to practice and we both know Jeff Genstrobloom and he was out with us and he's like, Hey, you guys need a drummer? And we're like, yeah, we do. He's like, okay, cool. I'll yeah. play drums. <laughs> you know? And then 
we're like, well, who should we get to play bass? And we're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And then Jeff was like, oh, you know, I can ask my, my pal Rodrigo. And we're like, oh, okay, cool. And everything has been, you know, um, gloriously effortless. And and the writing, you know, there's no there's no tension, there's no argument. It goes down, and everyone goes, does that sound good? And we go, yep, that sounds good. And so when I called up Jeff Caudill about the artwork, I just said, Jeff, here it is. He listened to it. I said, hey man, you've got months to do it. Don't worry. Two days later, he was like, oh, I just, you know, I had some time this weekend and I, and I did a pass of it. What do you think? And I just looked at it. I'm like, yep, that's perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. That's, that's the vibe we want to create with everything. Is it good? Yep, great. Yeah. Just, just easy, you know, just keep things like fun and easy. For sure. But I do think that uh, the, the, the bands I referenced, that you referenced in your press piece, and of course, me talking about sugar. I mean, if you're if you're into that kind of stuff, definitely check this record out. Uh, give a listen. Like I said, we'll put a link in the um, description for the episode with the pre-order info. And I'm assuming that that pre-order info will have you know a, a song or two to check out. Check out the split with Jay Robbins. Um, but yeah, if you're into the kind of stuff you know I'm into. Hmm you're going to dig it for sure. Um, so awesome, Jeff, dude. one of the things I yeah. do want to ask while we have you on, see Joseph, I think, plus we're going to get to talk to Joseph, you know, a couple times more. He's stuck with us. Rev, <laughs> do you have a favorite Rev release? Me? Yeah. Ooh, that's, that's tough. That's really, I mean, well, yes, I, I do. Uh, <laughs> I really love the side-by-side seven-inch man. I fucking love that thing. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good answer. That's, I, I, I like when we get the answers that are, uh, you know, I feel like mine are, are pretty stock. You know, I'm like, well, like start today and the Texas is the reason LP. And it's like, well, yeah, they're, they're the two well, I mean, they're, sellers. <laughs> I mean, there's so many classic, you know, releases from that label. I mean, it's wonderful. I just like that, that one, when I was a kid, really, got me i mean i still have the seven you know what i mean like it's like i, I just there's something about jules voice that like just really struck me you know it's yeah it's a it really does capture i think that like youthful energy and excitement i mean it's just like as far as that that era of the label that's my that's my favorite you know all right, how about the college years then? We talk about the the Rev's college years start maybe with the release of we've we've debated. At first we said, well, the burn seven inch was kind of the beginning. And then we said, well, I mean, technically but, shelter, perfection of desire. But the burn seven inch is still fast. You know what I mean? I mean, it's yeah. like the guitar I mean, the guitar playing and the, and the songwriting on that seven is fucking stellar. Those songs are so good. And there's like a real like cool quality to like the way that the songs are written. But I mean, it's still like a fast record. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it's so let's say like into another, let's say starting with like uh, into another, that whole era, far okay. side, quicksand. Yeah. Well, we won't count quicksand only because yeah, Manic Compression got a vinyl release, but I'm talking, you know, the main stuff, Sensefield, far yeah. side. What's your favorite college years? Oh man, I'm probably Farside Rig. I, I love that record. Another great answer. How about you, Joseph? You have a favorite uh, 
of the college years? Without a doubt, the Iceburn engine kids split. Really? I knew you were, I knew you were gonna say that. Doubt. And I'll tell you why, because because I remember I remember hearing, I remember the moment I heard it. And you know, I had I had come from that sort of DC started, you know, my DC thing where like things were weird and and people thought of hardcore as a forwardly progressing thing, you know. Um and when I heard this band covering Stravinsky, it blew my mind. And I was just like, who is this? Oh my God, is that our saxophone? Are they doing Rites of Spring? Are they doing Stravinsky? Like, and yeah, that absolutely floored me. And then to hear the flip side with Engine Kid, I was just, which should have really been a touch and go band, honestly, because they were more in that, you know, bitch magnet, um, slint. Oh, Engine Kid? Kind of world, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a bunch of stuff. So, you know, there was some, obviously the touchstones that I, I knew and grew up with. Mm-hmm. But I've said too many times this doing this pod made me a huge Iceburn and and Engine Kid fan. Mm-hmm. Both bands are, are, I think, vastly underrated. Um, but sadly, that's kind of how it happens when you're ahead of your ahead of your time. Like I think both, yeah, especially were, were, especially on you know label is labels are context, and 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 like and for, for whatever reason, you know, uh, because of the early records, I think revelation was thought of as like a kid's record label i don't mean that in an insulting way um and then you know with the the college years like maybe a little bit like young like 19 2021 and i think labels like touch and go um quarter stick and merge were considered college and like 20s and early 30s yes and discord by that time too so and even it, and even Discord by that time. Oh, and Discord, sure, sure. That it was like thinking man's rock. They Sub-pop. kind of were able to change it. Uh, I think that Rev sort of always had one foot in the hardcore world that never came out. And so a lot of their releases, um, I mean, it's, it's fantastic that they put them out. But the, a lot of their releases may have been more successful in on other labels. Yeah, I mean, or, or at least glad. Revelation were introducing, you know, in on the super positive side, they're introducing an entire uh, genre to kids that had never heard anything like it. I'm sure there's a bunch of people that were into Youth of Today and Gorilla Biscuits that heard Engine Kid that had never heard anything remotely like it, and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's we. It, it's it's definitely. I mean, there's a reason we chose the label to talk about us as our focus because it's not one dimensional at all. Yeah. I mean, there's so many there's kind of something for everybody um you know most people that know about hardcore post-hardcore emo own at least one revelation release whether they stop after the you know start today or whether they only care about the college years or whether they only like you know the whatever the new stuff they're doing like they kind of run the gamut with all the different styles, but I like that answer too. The the iceberg, the iceberg engine kid. Now, how about about the early years? You have a a, a favorite of like the classic era. Biscuits start today, and it's because of the, it's because of Siv's voice. I was so jealous when I was younger about somebody that was able to be. I don't know how how old is he? Like eighteen, nineteen on that record, and he yeah. sounds like he's thirty two because he has this rasp in his voice. It sounds so mature and so such like power. And I sounded like a little kid up until I was 32. Um, and so I always loved that in people's voices, that ability to, to, to channel that, you know, certain singers like, like Nick Cave has never been young. 
He's never been, yeah. like, you know what I mean? And like, that's what I love about Siv's voice. It's so dope and commanding and like, it's attractive. The other and then of course, Walter's, fine, but it just Walter's songwriting. I mean, yeah, Walter's songwriting, is, yeah. is like fucking top notch on yeah. that too. But yeah, it's, uh, and so I said, there's just, there's so many great releases and I like that I'm uncovering stuff as we go along. Um, I think now we're kind of heading into a stretch of things that are familiar to me, not in a bad way, just like stuff I know, but like that, the whole beginning of the college years with the, you know, ice burn and engine kid um, for sure was like new territory. Um, So, yeah, well, I mean, unless you guys have anything else that you want to add about the record, I just, again, suggest really good. (laughs) yeah it it fucking rocks (laughs) i agree i suggest people click click the link pre-order the vinyl looks awesome um and you're supporting an independent another independent label a fellow you know just like revelation iodine's a you know independent label still trying to release music uh at a time where you know, not everybody necessarily values the physical product and they should um, because a lot of thought went into every aspect of this release down to like we talked about the packaging and the, the vinyl colors and stuff. So hit it I, up. I, I appreciate you having us on, man. And it's great. It's always great talking with you, dude. Thank you. Now you just have to do a band that gets a release on Rev, and then I'll get to talk to you and like Jeff Dean's fucking pissed. We're not on Revelation. Tell you I'm too. super pissed. I told I, I was like, dude, fucking get on Rev. I want a star, man. <laughs> I know it's it's fun. just be like just a seven inch. I mean, granted, yeah. some somebody putting out something now on Rev, we'll probably get to that by the time I'm like fifty. <laughs> I just want to I just want to be able to say I had a, I had a star, man. Like I'd, yeah, I'd be. Jeff wants like the indie rock egot. You know, he wants like I one do. record on Discord, one record on Rev, one record on I don't know Jade Tree. Which, hey, Jeff, Jeff did get alternative tentacles. I mean, that's it pretty. Did. That was that's I, a big that's a big. Catch. Like that's a big that's that. a big deal to me. That's yeah. that's a. If I could get a if I could get a fucking Rev star in there too, I'd be very very happy. <laughs> yeah, what would that would it be the egot of it would be the egot of, of punk? You get a Discord. Yeah. Uh, Discord alternative tentacles revelation and well. you know what's funny is I think Jay's the only one is 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 the closest because he's got alternative tentacles and Discord, so he's the closest. Wait, who who yeah, had oh, Jay Robbins? Yeah. He never played on one. Jay Robbins. Jay Rob- yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Well, we we can consider his production work on Texas. I mean, that's that's. Revelate. I'm going to give him revelation okay. on that. You're, you're going to give him the EGOT? I see. All but right, but does, wait, does he have... I think Jay has to work harder for the EGOT. Does he have something yeah. on Touch and Go or Quarter Stick? Wasn't, what, didn't he play on a Peg no. Boy record or no? Well, he, he was in Peg Boy, but he didn't play on any of the recordings. He did the tour that they did with Social Distortion. That's it. Come on, Jay. Put out something mm. on Touch and Go. Oh, man. And uh, get that... Get that EGOT. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Wait, what would it be? Alternative Tentacles, Rev, Discord. Touch and go. Dart. I mean, I, it would be a dart. Discord, dart, Alternative you know, Tentacles, Rev, yeah. But I, okay, I, could, I, would, I would debate that you could switch out Touch and Go and SST. Like those could, it could go either way with those. If you get one of those, it still counts. 
That's true. And SST, then you get to be you get to be talked about on another one of my favorite pods. You don't know Mojack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I always say I feel for like Rev, we got pretty lucky. Like there'll be some things where I'm like, I've never heard this, you know, but SST. That's a that's a that's a deep hole. There's it's a, like some- <laughs> it's like such a pay, it's it's such a weird payoff because literally some of the best records of all time like any genre are on SST, but then I mean, a whole bunch of stuff you've never heard of. And I venture to say almost, almost nobody's that, heard of that record label changed my life. Like I said, I got in the fucking punk from dinosaur junior. And then I discovered fucking Husker do and fire hose and, you know, things like that. And that just blew my fucking world apart. So, yeah. But then there's also <laughs> like Zoog's rift or something that I've never heard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's definitely a bit of bow to mo you don't know mo jack um yeah. for sure um because they got their work cut out for him and 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 there's a great discord pod too i i always see i always like to shout out uh you know there's end on end uh if you want to listen about discord so someone needs to do an alternative tentacles pod jeff I, i'm going to put that on you Oh, that's a deep dive too. There's hella records. Yeah. <laughs> but that would be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Maybe I'll do that when this is over. There you go. <laughs> from from the retirement <laughs> from the retirement home. <laughs> and then you can have me on as the first guest test specimen again. <laughs> yes. Yes, for sure. So so um oh and dead end is dead ending doing anything, or that's another just like sort of like when it happens, it happens. I mean, I know Joe. Uh, Principe has a, a, a sort of a busy day job, I would think. It's, it's a little busy. <laughs> um, that band is very prolific from a recorded standpoint, but from a show standpoint, we rarely play. So it, it's it's a very funny thing. It's like we had Dead Ending has three EPs, an album, and three seven inches out, but we've played like eight shows in ten years. So, it's it's an interesting thing but it's super fucking fun yeah i mean you get to you get to be in a band with vic bondi he got a lot yeah. of shine he got a lot of shine when we talked to uh ross from good riddance he was like yeah. yeah he was giving a lot of shine to vic and then you know joe was awesome we got to talk to him for the um one of our instagram live uh stream he's just a super rad guy Vic Bond you know, was my U.S. Uh, history professor in college. I would for real? Say that. For was real. he really? Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea who he was. I had no idea about Articles of Faith or Alloy. And he was just this amazing U.S. history professor who basically taught from um, the People's History of the United States. The Zinn's book was like the main text. And he was so passionate about history. I got an A-plus in his class, by the by. That's awesome. Um, and I loved it. And his name, because the particular name just always stuck with me, Vic Bondi. And like two years, three years later, somebody showed me some records he'd done. I was like, you are kidding me. And then, you know, now my, my good friend Jeff Dean is in a band with him. That's so funny. Where, where did he teach at? University of New Hampshire. That, what a small world, huh? Uh-huh. And then, yeah, imagine if you would have known then, you'd have been like... A total fanboy you know, out, yeah. Yeah. You'd be a punish, what do they call a punisher? The punisher, yeah. Like, I'm going to punish you about <laughs> articles of faith. But you know, no, I, I love stuff like that. Smaller, it's a lot smaller than you think, you know, which is yeah. amazing. 
For sure. Well, guys, thank you so much. Thanks. It was a pleasure. So hit the link in the episode, order the record, be on the lookout for some shows. And, uh, and don't smoke club cigarettes, really. Yeah, don't. You know, stay healthy, everybody. Yeah. Eat your vegetables. <laughs> Take it easy. Cheers, <laughs> man.